What up, what up, what up, y'all? I am your host, Young Smooth, and you are tuned into another episode of Kicking It with Young Smooth, the podcast where I chill the fuck out and say whatever the hell I want to say because y'all know how I do. Um, so a few things to update on. Um, I just did a video just a few minutes ago um for butter for every season i will be talking more about that once we um get into the sponsorship of it all it is awesome it, it is great so make sure you check that out on youtube don't forget to like share and subscribe to the youtube page kicking it with young smooth podcast that's where you're gonna see some of the dopest interviews that is where you're gonna get the late night show which will come back, of course, and that's where, you know, you want to be, so, yeah, get your shit together, um, <laughs> real quick, oh my gosh, some amazing things have happened, so I'm gonna go into a couple of amazing things, first off, musically, I am very excited, we are 20 years into Stank Onya, that came out in 2000, Wow, I was not ready for that. Oh my god, which in turn means that I'm getting older, which is killing me, but it is fine. Um, also, Busta Rhymes is coming out with Extinction Level Event 2 The Wrath of God. Yes, super excited about that. Like, that's gonna be awesome, cannot wait. Um, and then in addition, uh, prayers also need to go up for the rap legend Scarface. He is battling right now with a kidney disease and he needs a kidney. Um, just a few things that I just wanted to kind of go over. Also, let me talk to y'all about this week. Now, right now, I know I'm recording the show kind of late. Um, I had to last week. I apologize about that. It was so super hectic at work and just trying to get a few of these things put together, you know, get my life together, get my, my career situation, uh, back on track. And this is my, my hobby, my love, my pet, my other passion. Um, but I definitely wanted to make sure that I gave y'all a really good show. Um, then in addition, so two things happen and i think that um we're in a season uh the season ooh, the season has changed yeah i didn't messed up the season has changed um with the season changing you know the fall is coming right now is it is definitely in maryland has been unseasonably unseasonably warm like it is a bit much i know y'all hear me clicking and stuff anyway um so it has just been unseasonably warm, but praying for a good winter, I don't foresee it. Um, but also make sure you get your butter for, butter for every season. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, that's butter for every season. Butter, the number four season. Um, make sure y'all go ahead and get that for yourselves. Um, they also have it for men as well. So make sure you get those products. Uh, it is black owned and black operated. And that is what I'm trying to support on this channel and on this show. So make sure you guys get that. Uh, but anyway, back to my week. Uh, so yeah, it, it was really hectic the, the week before. So that's why there was no, no podcast, but, um, I will say this, I got a chance to rekindle some relationships and I am so, 
so, so excited. Um, and I just, you know, hope that we move on in the future and we get back to the love that we needed. Um, not even that within, in that week of me being gone, like I ran into family into the stores and stuff. And I'm like, yo, it is so good to see him. And I, I, look, Corona, no Corona. I got hugs and I, and I did not know that I needed them until I received them. So I was very, very, very happy about that. Like that, those moments were great. Um, so in addition, the, um, other thing that ended up happening was also a rekenship that I got a chance to speak with my old co-host and got a chance to really get into some really good conversation with him that I really, we both needed. I really appreciate it. Um, I got nothing but love for that brother. I absolutely am 100% on your side. Thank you for the support and love that you've shown me as well. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful that as two grown men, we can also get through our differences and move forward accordingly. And I'm very, very happy about that. And I think that that worked out very well. Um, also the kid has been back to the recording situations of it all. Um, so 2021, 2020, end of 2020, 2021, you know, you might hear a few little, you know, <laughs> bar situations, I mean, I mean, the kids still got it. Um, even better than before, as a matter of fact, I, I might add, I, I'm going to uh, tip my head off to that because I believe that, um, I'm the shit. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm very, 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 very excited about how my week has been going. Um, just the things that have been manifesting itself. Uh, I think that originally when March started, uh, and I was talking to Obeats about this <laughs> too, uh, Mercury was in retrograde. Believe what you want to believe, don't believe it. But what I do feel is that in those moments, especially in like the, the early to latter part of March, it was a lot of miscommunication and it even felt like there was miscommunication in my relationship and so on and so forth. So there was a lot. Um, however, as we are getting out of it, we, as, as we're out of that phase and then even moving to a new phase of Mercury being in retrograde, I think that I've learned so many different things, um, in these last couple of months, uh, from March until now. And I am hopeful. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm very hopeful. Um, very much so like, look, we won't, we gonna get this popping. Like that's bottom line. There's no, there's no other way to do it. And when I tell y'all, I'm very excited for some endeavors that I'm thinking about taking. Um, I think it's going to be really, really good. So I, I, I'm grateful for everybody who's been bearing with me. Um, the change of the room was a big thing. And I always talk about that. Um, the just, Everything has been super dope and amazing right now. And I'm so humbled and I'm so blessed and I'm so excited to continue to do what I love. So I am really, 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 really happy. Um, Moving forward. Did you guys get that? I did not. That That is not what I said. I said moving. How does that say? Okay. Like what? I, okay. Anyway. Moving, this is what happens when you have an intrusive ass device. Anything that Siri, Alexa, or G O O G L E, I ain't even gonna say it just in case it pop off again. Shit like that happens from time to time. It makes me mad. Anyway, um, the 
kick that lyric. Did you get it from last week? Y'all, I'm still an R&B dude. And it is my favorite. It comes from my favorite, favorite album. I told y'all that this person had made some drawers. And it was Rihanna, California King Bed. And excuse me, it was not last week. It was the week before last. Yes, I understand. Do not drag me in the comments. It was the week before last. Um, But, y'all, when I tell you I love that song. I it, parts of me wish I could play the shit right now. I, I really, I really do. Plus, we got a really good one uh, today, anyway, and we'll we'll get into uh, what that album is. And um, I'll get, it's it's weird because as much research as I did on it, it's not um, it's not as in depth as most of the other ones will be. But you know, we'll get there. We we gonna have a good show regardless. Um, but today's kick that lyric let's just say this this stayed on 106 and park forever and it is the remix of the song and i li- i was driving and it happened to come on in my playlist and um i was like it was on youtube music or whatever and i was like oh this is this oh i forgot all about this song and i ended up hearing the i think was it the third verse the third verse by by the artist and again it's a feature that's on the song but when i tell y'all this joint stayed on the charts i think even this might have been the introduction of the harlem shake i think it might have been absolutely so it goes as follow yo this is for my niggas, them special delivery. <laughs> Bang your head off till it's fucking up your memory. I shake your cradle and rock your boat. Buck 50 your face and butter your throat. It don't matter where you been or where you at. I'm here now when I'm banging, kid. You softer than the Queen of England. Phraseologist, natural philosopher, wordsmith, authentical metaphorical lyricist, sharp descriptive writer, kilobiter, panty raider, party exciter. Yo, what's the deal? How you feel? Um, yeah, I'm gutter with a utter got you timid, hesitated like a stutter. Oxymoron, don't be dumb. I shoot niggas like the United Negro College Fund. I see you plotting and scheming, trying to snake. And when you do, I'm going to give it to you special delivery. Mm-hmm. I mean, I ain't going to lie to you at this point. It's probably obvious what it is, but I won't say what it is until next week, just in case you don't know. And if you can name that artist that this particular verse came from, you're even more doper at that particular point now also i have forgotten to let you know where you can find me because you know you can find me up in these streets but um you can find me on soundcloud itunes tune in google music which technically is now youtube music um make sure you have your google podcast player uh spotify and also the youtube channel which is kicking it with young smooth podcast don't forget to like share and subscribe i'm hoping to see you there and now let's talk about it in the comments all right y'all let's move into ratchet and ridiculous it it's pretty it's pretty good it's pretty good it's not i don't know it ain't that bad it oh yeah it got it got bad after a while what the hell is this oh all right cool anyway 
first and foremost, congratulations goes out to Nikki Onika Tanya Mirage. Y'all know, y'all know how I feel about Nikki. If you listen to the show, I compare everything to it. But I'm very, 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 very excited and happy for her because now all these bitches ain't got to be her sons no more because she got a son. Yes, congratulations. Uh, Nikki Minaj pitched Drake a play date for their kids on the remix to Sada Baby's Whole Lot of Choppers, which Drake accepted. Their relationship was said to be strained, strained, which would make sense given how few recent collaborations we've heard from them. But it looks like Nicki Minaj and Drake are getting close again right before our very eyes. The new mother returned to music, uh, well, I guess pretty much last week at this point. With the release of Sada Baby's Whole Lot of Choppa's remix and was expected, and as, sorry, as expected, people were tuned in to see what Nikki would say in her verse. The queen manages to always stack her music with quotable and this time she said, with well, quotables, and this time she said she did not disappoint. One of the lines that people are discussing the most is the following to be honest i hope one day to do a play date with adonis and for those that don't know adonis is drake's son actually i'm not gonna lie i had to look at that little boy the other day i was like oh god he looked just like his grandmother um Nikki just gave birth to her first baby boy several weeks ago, but already she's planning play dates with the most famous of celebrity children. It didn't take long for Drake to officially respond on his son Adonis's behalf, warmly accepting his young money sister into his embrace. Play dates soon come at Nicki Minaj, wrote Drake on his Instagram story. <sighs> Drake in this goddamn patois i can't showing that he was listening to the new remix i am very happy about that i you know what we have not had a drake and nikki collab in quite some time it is definitely time to have a real good drake and nikki collab we would like that um like i want you to i want you to throw it back to uh up all night you know, I want, I want, I want motherfuckers to be like, yo, if Drizzy say getter, I'm a getter. I got the kind of money make a broke bitch better. I got the kind of wait, wait, fixate. Which bitch you know made a million off a mixtape? That was just the keepsake. Now, oh, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this with y'all. I, I refuse. I'm not doing this today. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I, I think that's great. I think that whatever the issues are, I'm glad that children have made them bury the hatchet because that's really good. Um, and especially when, you know, it's, it's something that you guys, you guys have been historical. You know what I'm saying? Um, also, side note, I also have heard rumors and talks that Nikki is also squashing beefs with Cardi B. And there may even possibly have been or there is a song in the works. I would really hope that that, that does happen. Because, you know, I would like for you to have a play date with culture too. You know what I'm saying? Too? Even though their children are a little bit older than her new baby, I can't wait to find out the baby's name. That would be very nice. Um, I don't know. I don't know. 
don't know what it's gonna be um and in addition all we've seen thus far is a foot nikki is not playing with you bitches okay don't you're not gonna drag her son you're not gonna say nothing disrespectful for her son or the queen is coming for you she do she's not playing that motherfucker showed a toe she's she showed a foot she said i'm not playing with y'all fuck that i'm not i'm not doing this with y'all um all right so t-boss Ah, you didn't think I would go TLC, would you? Mm-hmm. T-Boz calls out Ellie Reed and says he abandoned TLC after Left Eye's death. Everybody can name at least one song from the famed girl group TLC, and most of us know Waterfalls by heart. But after Lisa Left Eye passed away in a car accident in 2002, everything changed for the group, which... Also included Rosanda Chili Thomas and Tion T. Boz Watkins. The last week, so now I'm not even gonna say this week. Last week, T. Boz hopped on a podcast to speak about how things have changed for TLC after the tragic death of her friend. Nothing. I'm sorry, noting that the music industry effectively turned on them, arguing that there is no way around that fact. T-Boss says it all happened during a five to 10 year span and that one man, L.A. Reed, is responsible for a good portion of their neglect in the business. T-Boss states, I was talking about a 10 year span, 10, yeah, 10 year span, five to 10 years, how the industry turned on TLC, which is a fact after Lisa had died because nobody knew what the state of the group was. Hell, we didn't even know. T-Boz took to Hollywood Unlocked uh, and stated, I wasn't talking about artists turning on us. I'm talking about the people that came in with the money and the promoters like uh, L.A. Reid types. While she doesn't explain how exactly L.A. Reid wronged her and TLC, promising that she wouldn't expose their drama she maintains that la didn't stop rocking with them because he no longer believed in them but it was deeper than that it was something personal with la which i'll always keep between us whether i agreed with it or not he out of respect called me and all i'll i'll just leave it at that said t-boss but the final decision was not was to not rock with us but it wasn't because he didn't believe in us i'll clear that part up but he did decide to turn his back and keep on going that's fine it's business she goes on to mention drake nelly and ti who pulled out of the super bowl blitz performance in 2014 saying that them them backing out of the show was actually a blessing that turned out great for us as he was god always makes things go exactly how they're supposed to i'm a believer in that the show went exactly as it was supposed to and i'm happy they actually didn't show up because it showed that we still have staying power that we can still rock out a stage without the bells and whistles and other people to save us this is a very true fact like um let's be very clear girl group wise who was who was fucking with tlc for real like 
Alright, so first of all, Waterfalls is one of my favorite songs, definitely. However, one of my favorite songs was what was what was that song called? It and I know that sounds really bad to say. My favorite song was what was that song again? Um, it was oh shoot, because now I'm hearing like so many different songs in my head. It was called um This is how it works. And it was actually on the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. And it, it, it involved all three of them. Lisa rapped on it. And it was it was fire. So if you ever get a moment to check that out, it's TLC. This is how it works. And it's on the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. It, that is a bop. That is a banger. Um, and was not a, a push song. But that is one of my favorite songs um, from TLC. However, like, like T-Ball stated, like, yo, it was, it was business. It was like, yo, we don't know business-wise now that Lisa's gone. Does that mean, you know, what does that mean for the group? What are you going to do? How are y'all going to do this? Like, yo, nobody, nobody knew. Nobody knew what the, the state of the group was going to be. And because of that, yes, everybody was terrified and business was terrified. Um, and like she said, I don't think that it was the fact that she didn't, that he didn't believe in them. Um, I also, think that it was kind of yeah in 2014 it was kind of pertinent like like she said god has a plan for every single thing um so i think that it was important for you know like nelly and ti and and everybody to kind of pull out because it had to show that tlc still can rock a stage without the help or support of anybody else which is of course what was said in the article but um I, lo- I love the fact that this is one of the reasons that I kind of like the fact in the era that we're in now, it, even with the whole pandemic situation, one day I just sat back and was like, yo, if we don't get to go to concerts, who concert can I look up? And I looked up, uh, I was like, yo, I've never been to a TLC concert. Like I'm a huge, super TLC fan. Like I was a huge TLC fan, bro. Like I ugh can't believe i'm telling y'all this and i may tell y'all this i may be telling y'all this again i remember we had a wacky tacky day at school and i went to school with a patch on my left eye and my suspenders and my joe boxes and so on and so forth it was the 90s if you were judging judge your mama um so i went and um i used a permanent marker instead of like some type of eyeliner or like you know like the football rub or whatever no mm -mm, use the permanent marker i probably was high all damn day and had no idea as i had this permanent mark on my face and came home like my guy headache she was like is that permanent mark on your face i'm like yeah i think and she was like look you do know you probably been sniffing them fumes all damn day i was like shit that's probably why i can't focus again mm mm-mm never use permanent marker but it was in, in my tribute to, to tlc i love them i love them to death thank y'all so much y'all got me through everything um i listen i bought ooh on the tlc tip when i still had a cassette walkman i bought ooh on the tlc tip when i had the my cd walkman and then i also bought crazy sexy cool over again i, I bought crazy sexy cool twice you know what I'm saying to you? So in part of the number when they were making $30 million for, for LaFace records and all of this, this good old, good old, I was part of that because I bought it over and over and over again. And I love it to this day. I can literally play it now and it, it's just nostalgically great. It is. Um, 
but yeah shout out to t-balls it was good to see her um i think she was also talked about on that hollywood unlocked interview that she was going to move back to atlanta um you know so she could be closer to family and everything else and you know she has her son now and he's getting a little older and she was like i don't want to live in la because la about to burn and sink to the ground which is pretty much a fact at this point all right moving on jay-z sends nori a very persuasive drink champs gift when you have a world famous podcast titled drink champs you're bound to be spoiled by liquor in the case of nori the rapper got a rather large gift from jay-z to prove a point sorry y'all my allergies um the drink champs host took to his instagram story on friday october 16th and revealed that hova not only delivered a massive care package from the title of affiliate he did it with pride you think i enjoy this you don't think i want to be just drinking all this damn ace of spade and do say this is abuse nori said during a video showcasing numerous bottles of Ducey, cognac and ace of spades champagne jay-z is a is bullying me this is the best from a bully i've ever been bullied okay fine i'll drink it all shit um nori says the gift still surprising if you're if you follow nori on social media last month he took to social media to boldly proclaim that he drinks more ace than the company founder hover himself um and then he states gonna be honest i might send jay-z this video because i think i drink more ace than hove do nori says I don't crack. My eyes don't blink. I think I drank more Ace of Spades than Hope, dude. Um, well, first of all, that's a lot of drinking, number one. Y'all niggas need to slow down. But, no, it's all good. Uh, but, no, that's so nice. So, I did get a chance to see it. And I saw the video. And that was a hell of a gift. I mean, what do you expect from a billionaire? You don't expect one bottle. One bottle for a billionaire is pennies. It means nothing. You know what I mean? So, um... I think that was really super dope uh, of Hove to do that. And um, shout out to Nori and Drink Champs. Thank y'all so much for keeping the culture alive. Because that, let me tell you something. I have watched a few, quite a few Drink Champs. And I am just always in there dying, laughing, dying, laughing, y'all. Like, y'all, it's it's so good. Um, Oh, also, speaking of which, speaking of MCs and keeping MCs lives, if you have not seen the 85 South show with Busta Rhymes on it, you must go watch it. Here's the reason that I'm saying that. Let me tell y'all something. When I decided that I wanted to rap for real, or not even just, well, just was putting more effort into it than I, than I have now at this particular point, Busta's formula was one of the formulas that I looked to. I looked to Buster for those moments of saying absolute madness, you know what I'm saying to you, but still keeping it just really him. Then not to mention the fact, I remember one time, and I think it was the, it might've been the backstage tour that I was looking at. I find that shit again. I wonder if that's on Amazon Prime. I need to find that. Anyway, it was the, the backstage tour 
And I remember him being like, yo, you played to the motherfucking audience in the back, son. Like, yo, y'all got, you, yeah, that's the type of energy I'm talking about, this, that, and the third. And I always thought about that. I always think about that in my life all the time. I think about, like, everything I do. Like, you play that to the back. Like, you you make every single person in that room feel that energy. And I I, I always commend Buster Rhymes for that. I always commend uh, Buster for, you know, word plays and deliveries that I'll try to do. And, um, I also, I also attribute Ludacris mm-hmm. to that, uh, Kim, Nikki, so on and so forth. So like, sometimes you'll, you'll hear it and people are like, Oh, well, Oh, yeah, Oh, you flipped that Nikki in there. You did that. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll do that. I don't, as an MC, like his, his, one thing that I will say as an MC, I'm not ashamed to take from any MC and and bar- not take like I'm stealing, but but to borrow from that influence and create it and make it something that's my own. So I, I'm not I'm I'm not ashamed of that. Like that shit is that shit is dope. And I do shit and rap in a certain way that other niggas do not. And I want to thank my man Crav for that because you actually put that into perspective for me too. That I didn't re- I didn't really realize that. He was like, yo, you do something that is you do something special and something different. And I appreciate that. I really do. Um, moving on because this is going to give me a headache. So hold on, let me take a sip of water real quick because <sighs> these niggas, mm, first and foremost, shout out to the impressive channel on YouTube. Make sure you look at the impressive channel on YouTube. Um, I love all of her stories. I love, um, all of the videos because she always says these updates with the latest information and on top of that like when she does documentaries on some of your old stuff i I will watch those documentaries all the time it's well researched well founded love that that particular uh youtube channel that is one of my favorites um but we i guess we gotta talk about it because i um i was right i was right i was right I, I, I feel I feel like I was right because Tori said the same thing in his live that I said the exact same thing that I said. Sometimes it's like I was going to go into this because um, recently Tory Lanez just dropped his information as far as the way that he felt on IG Live, sir. I'm not going to say that I side with Tori 100%. I don't even side with Megan 100% because there are holes and gaps in the story and you need to make it make sense. But he did bring out some valid points. And I said this the last time, how the hell you get out of a car, get shot behind and then automatically can point to who got, you got shot from behind, but you can automatically point to who shot you. This shit don't make no sense. And like I said, it, 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 it almost is reminiscent of Pac getting shot. I didn't mean to pop my pee like that, but Pac getting shot in the elevator in Quad Studios and then automatically blaming Biggie. You feel what I'm saying to you? Like, that's the way that feels at that moment. Then, not to mention the fact he he raised another valid point in, in this whole thing where he talked about, like, the, the tendons, um not no bone fragments and no tendons a bullet that you get shot with like you had like what she had in her foot was shrapnel you know what i'm saying to you and i don't yeah we we so quick like i i feel so angry about this because it makes me mad we are so quick to jump the gun and talk about 
oh well, you know, I'm we defend I'm defending my black our black kings and this, that, and the third, and they don't do the same. But truth be told, he actually raised another good point. Were you really protecting him? Because at the end of the day, though, right? Yo got kids. You have a whole sentence that he could be sentenced to like twenty two years, like you just said what you what you really are doing in in this in this situation is you're taking another black man away from his children, you know. And again, all of those things are, are hindsight as twenty twenty as things are kind of you know moving forward in this whole case. Like yo, he's he's gotten charged with it. He's gotten in charge with the assault with the deadly weapon. You know, he's getting charged with all you know um, having it an open carried in the the state of california so i mean yeah all of those things are a hundred percent true but i will say this tori definitely did stay off of the internet for three months um he definitely hadn't said anything like i can't i really can't and i looked after i watched the um the impression channel and i looked and i was like yo has he really said anything like i he really hasn't said anything that would have provoked her to automatically say that he shot her and or say for her to say that he she he shot her yes okay that's the pronoun i wanted for that um but it there's nothing that automatically just right out and out was like yo this nigga shot me it makes sense it doesn't make any sense here are my theories my theories are this. It's one, it's publicity for both flat out Two, she, uh, before I get into two, he raised that, he raised another point. He raised another point that if you just got shot by a nigga, how you going to hop in a car again with the same nigga that shot you? I pause because we need to understand that. So I'm going to say it again. So you got shot by a nigga, but you still got in the car. Because remember, she when the helicopters and so and everything else, and when she was bleeding, she got out of the car again. But you also said that you were out, you were out of the car and you walked away and he shot you on your foot. So my theories are that this is all publicity and not in the Hollywood drama kind of way. Like, oh, I, who, we call the paparazzi, this, that, and the third. Um, but you were in the car, um, and you got back in the car. You also, how can I say this? What's the best way to say this? You, you, I know you didn't want to tell the police and I get, I get her reasoning cause that her reasoning is very valid in that way. Um, but my other theory is that, um, either Kelsey shot you. The bodyguard shot you, the gun accidentally went off, or you were tussling with the gun, and when you fell out or you got out of the car, the gun went off. You feel what I'm saying to you? Because no matter how this plays out, I would have to say, if they took him in, was there residue? Is there gun residue on him? Was there gun residue on him from that night? Because if there was, and I'm talking about like on his hands, because when a gun shoots, there's always residue. If there was residue on his hands, Tori, I'm sorry, you gone. If there is not, there is still room for questioning in all of this. Like none of that, not make that make sense. And they're going to dig into 
this. They are going to claw into your back. Are y'all ready for that? And everybody like, you know, Rock Nation is as a, a great team. Yes, that's very true. Unless you paying somebody off, facts are facts. If there is no, if there was no bullet dust on Tory's hands, Tory didn't do that. If there's no bullet dust on nobody's hands, the gun accidentally went off. But either somebody shot her or it accidentally went off. You feel what I'm saying to you? I believe that there was a heated argument. I believe you walked away. But I don't believe that you, you, I think you in the heat of the moment, because you were directing your vitriol at Tory, you automatically thought that Tory shot you. And so for you, it, it's still a kid move. Like you, there's, there's no facts. There's no facts in all of this. You know what I'm saying to you? It, it, it's a whole lot, a whole lot. Of, and for me, I really think that there are a number of different factors here. Um, I believe that the person that speaks the loudest is usually has a bark that is way bigger than they bite. The reason why I say this is because, yo, you came out with all the vitriol, all of this shit, all, the whole thing. And that man stood quiet. We so ready <clears throat> to be like black men don't protect their black queens. And I said this the last time I'm not going to go further into what I, what I said. Cause I did say what I said and what I said wasn't no bullshit. We so quick to protect the black queen, but at what cost? At what cost are you protecting somebody that in, in, in hindsight, as great as it seems, oh, they out here killing us because the, the main picture seems like that. Oh, they out here killing us and this, that, and the third, and I ain't want that. Perfect. I understand that. But in hindsight, if you was dating that man or you was with that man or you knew that man like that, you would you know that a gun charge in any way, shape, or form was going to land him in some hot water. Then not only that, it's like, yo, you got shot, but it, it didn't hit nothing. Like, yo, you got the feet of uh, of an angel at this point. A lot of these parts of the story are not adding up. I'm not team Tory. I'm not team Megan. I am team. Somebody need to tell the goddamn truth so we can get back to some type of normalcy and stop talking about this shit. And the only reason we're talking about it is for record sales. You know what I'm saying to everybody like, oh, his streaming number stopped and this thing. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I I still have yet to listen to the album. Like I said, I get into Tory late. Just like I like I like Chick Tapes. I like Chick Tape Five. I get into Tory late. Like if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. They they pulled him off a of Spotify playlist and just that and the third. Oh, and then the other thing that also threw me. He said something that that is crazy. First of all, whether we had gotten a verdict for Breonna Taylor or not, like y'all need to stop using this in this way. And I don't like this. Whether we had gotten a verdict for Breonna Taylor or or not that day, like he said, his mother died that day. And I researched it and his mother is, there's general knowledge. His mother did die that day. There's just, you know, you can find that. So that was the reason for him putting out the album. And as a writer, you put out the music and you put out what you know. You feel what I'm saying to you? Whether anybody wants to say he capitalizing off of it, it is what it is. That That is usually the way that art moves. It should move. It should move in its own reality. But you can't gauge, oh, how a verdict is, how people going to feel, this, that, and the third, or why you put your album out and you talk about you shooting a woman. Like, yo, y'all can't gauge that. Y'all can't, nobody can try to stop somebody money or or them putting out something. He could have put some shit out and the world could have been burning down. 
but you're gonna be mad at that like you 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 know we have to niggas 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 we need to start picking our battles and some of these just ain't they ain't the battles like yo we and 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 it's funny and i'm thinking about it like this is where i rant and rave we as a people go so hard and i said this last time too we go so hard on cancel culture but to be honest with you i'm really sitting here wrecking my brain at this particular second and want to find out like yo do white folk go that hard on canceling like i'm like they don't they don't do it the way that we because now we at the now we're at a point where we're canceling everybody r kelly was one thing okay that there was too much evidence too much facts and the nigga was stupid that's one thing but can we do we have to continue to go through cancel culture and if we go and go through it can we go through it and make it make sense it don't make sense when the shit don't add up make it make sense so you know that is my particular take on the tory lanes speaking out and you know made the same stallion situation like and as a black man it's like yo oh am i am i throwing all this vitriol the the way of the black woman and this is what we talking about we don't protect no i'm not saying that but what i am saying is make one plus one equal two because it doesn't there are too many other factors and the fact that the fucking friend casey and, and the bodyguard haven't spoken said anything this that and the third makes all of the shit look super dumb sketchy number one number two no matter what it is the media is playing us for puppets because we get so invested in the shit you feel what i'm saying to you but then the investment is not the fact that it's oh this could be like another rihanna chris brown situation or anything like that it's not it's not highlighted like that no it is shown for you to be disheveled and unfocused because now it, it is it is about a conquer and divide. Once you com- once you put one black man up and then black men start believing his story and black women start believing her story and then we all kind of battling and conquering against each other and this that and the third and it becomes a whole bunch of a whole lot a whole lot of but it's it's a blinder. It is a blinder on on our intelligence because that's the music that we love that's what we hear that's what we here for and it's a whole blinder for us to sit back here and then talk about the shit have certain opinions it's that and the third no 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 i don't want to be that divisive i don't want to be divisive with a black queen but i don't want a black queen to also be that divisive versus a black king you know i think that Tory also raised another valid point. So there were so many points in what he said that I kind of fucked with it to a degree. You know, you lost parental figures in your life. And I don't think that you are Megan. I don't think that you are quite clear on what it is. Matter of fact, I know that you're not quite clear on what you're doing right now. Like, you, yeah, you're running your business-wise. Yeah, absolutely. You're doing that, making number one hits, all that shit. But I realized that you're not quite clear in this either. Because of the fact, bitch, who in the fuck, yo, out of all of this, who's unscathed? Kylie Jenner. Out of all of this, y'all know I don't even fucking talk about a Jenner, but out of all of this, the only person that's unscathed, because allegedly it started about Tory flirting with her and then coming to find out that he done fucked the best friend and this, that, all of this shit, allegedly, all of this shit comes out, but a Jenner or a Kardashian don't get hit in a crossfire at all. 
Hell, my new guest is the Kylie shot the bitch. I'm just saying, I, I can't. I'm tired. I'm tired of y'all. I'm tired. Stop being divisive and stop letting these motherfucking Kardashian Jenner witch ass hunt motherfuckers suck your bitch sucking the soul out of these motherfucking niggas. Stop letting these bitches win because that bitch, you just as responsible because you had the motherfuckers in your hot tub. Y'all was drinking. You let it go out of control. That was your shit. You just as responsible. So bitch, it's you too. You in it too. Don't nobody, everybody in this whole situation negates the fact that that bitch was there too she ain't got nothing to say oh you ain't see nothing why why you why is it that she so conveniently didn't see nothing wasn't in it don't know nothing oh my god they called the police no at what point do you also it was on your property at what point do you hold a level of accountability hmm I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. I don't give a fuck if it never lands me to work on any of those type of networks as well as I progress my career. I refuse to suck an ass for a Jenner or a fucking Kardashian, you succubus ass bitches. I don't fuck with them. I don't like their fucking voices, your fucking harpies. I don't like those bitches. Here's the thing. You are appropriating culture in the worst motherfucking way. And everybody want to sit back and be like, oh, they taking black men. No, the black men are going over there and getting sunken into that bullshit. And Kanye is included. Fuck him for that. I don't like those motherfuckers. Bitch, you, first of all, first and foremost, bitch, y'all done changed y'all faces so many motherfucking times that the kids that you have have your original faces. They have your original faces. It's a hot ass mess. It is a hot ass. I, I I don't like those bitches. The bitches make my blood pressure go up. Anyway, moving the fuck on. Shit. I love y'all for staying with me. I really do. If anyone else is in this at this particular point, I do love you. I appreciate you. I do. Don't allow the rants and ravings of Young Smooth to be reflected on any of that. I don't like them bitches. I say what the fuck I said. Um... All right, moving on. So we got a new album to talk about. Ew, ew, ew. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Okay. Excuse me. It is Ludacris back for the first time. Yet again, another one that I can't flat. I have not flapped a damn CD cover in so long. Um, cause it is also in the case that is behind me. This is behind me when you watch the YouTube channel. Once again, like, share and subscribe don't make me tell y'all again anyway back to uh back for the first time is the second studio album by american rapper and recorder Ludacris. the album is may is um the major label debut of the Sorry, I can't, I don't even know what I'm doing today. Which was released on October 17, 2000 during uh, his run with Disturbing the Peace and Def Jam Soul. Most of the tracks are taken from the first album of the independent release, Incognito Negro, in 1999. Except the uh, Stick 'em Up, Southern Hospitality, uh, a remix of What's Your Fantasy and Fat Rabbit. The album debuted at number four on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart and sold over 133 copies in its first 133,000 sorry copies in its first week of sales. As of November 2009, the album has sold 3.1 million copies in the United States. 
and probably a little bit beyond that at this point. But that is uh, that was the record in at, at, at 2009. The album was eventually certified triple platinum by the RIAA, which we all know is the Recording Industry Association of America, um, for shipping more than 3 million copies. So... The fucked up part about it is, uh, I usually, I like to use a little Wikipedia, I like to do research and find articles and this, that, and the third. However, this time it was not as much information on this, which is so bad. So, um, there was a back for the first time turns 20 article that I like to kind of go over and delve into. And then we'll talk about some of the tracks, how that made me feel, and we will close out. Um, so... Three years later, Ludacris told the origin story on Missy Elliott's 2002 single Gossip Folks. Ludacris lays out the whole narrative in his usual twisty, frantic, uh, frantic below knowing he could rap. No one lifted oh by saying i'm sorry knowing that he could rap no one lifted a hand so he went about his business and devised a plan he uh made a cd then he hit the block five thousand sold seven dollars a pop and then hold the phone three years later (laughs) that's the way it's written i'm sorry stepped out the swamp with ten and a half gators Ludacris verse skips a couple of steps, but he's pretty much saying how it went. Ludacris had a plan. He always had a plan. Luda had already spent a couple of years at Georgia State University studying music management. He'd also landed an internship at Hot 97.5, the Atlanta rap radio station. He went from intern to on-air personality and he took the name chris lover lover this was already a major accomplishment but that wasn't good enough for chris lover lover he wanted to rap he knew he could rap he recorded quick drops for local djs and made some big connections timbaland brought luda in to rap on fat rabbit one of the tracks from tim's own better than any anyone's remembers solo debut tim's bio life uh life from the basement damn do i remember that oh wow i don't even know if i remember wow i felt like that part just like was out of my head for a minute um jermaine dupree put luda on the track from the john madden 2000 soundtrack but still, nobody was trying to sign Ludacris. So Ludacris made an album and he put it out himself. The CD he made was 1999's Incognito and he sold it for $7 a pop. To listen to Incognito is to admire his, this young man's, um, acumen. All the decisions were smart. Luda flexed his connection to get a couple of tracks from local Atlanta heroes, one from Jermaine Dupree, one from Organized Noise, but most of the beats either came from Sean Dre and discovering young producers who would later take the name Bangladesh. Oh, that is dope. I forgot about Bangladesh. (sighs) Because as soon as you hear Bangladesh, the first thing y'all think about is a Millie, but there you go. Um... Or from Luda himself. The greatest verses came from guys in Luda's crew 
or from Southern Underground stars UGK and Pastor Troy. Luda didn't have the resources to make something polished, so he made something as nasty as possible, and he made himself the main attraction. Luda's rapping on Incognito is just out of control. He's loud and hungry and uh, radical and funny. He claps down on every syllable with crazy levels of of emphasism. His delivery is a top of his lungs shout that's somehow rhythmically slick and canny enough to hit the pack uh, the pocket of every beat. His punchlines are overstated and stupid and, genu- and genuinely funny. I make niggas eat dirt and fart dust, then give you a $80 gift certificate to Pussies R Us. In the past two decades, I've spent way too much time thinking about some of those punchlines. I have, though. I, he was a punchline king. Uh, consider... Are there anyone like you? Hell nah. I treat humans like students. Fail y'all. But students are usually humans too, unless it's obedience school. I love it. And it doesn't compute. Congratulations. You like me. How, um, sorry. Congratulations. You like me. How now used to much brain power thinking about the one perfectly delivered rap lyric? Ludacris clearly loves the way his voice sounds and you could hear it in the way he blows out certain phrases, lobster, shrimp, and tangs. (laughs) Oh, memories. Um, (laughs) Beautiful, but strange. The beats are cheap and hard. The hooks get stuck in your head all day. The energy level never drops. For his debut single, Luda knew he had to grab people's attention. Some made something impossible, something that made uh, it impossible to ignore. Ho is one of the all-time great ignorant uh, novelty raps. Three straight minutes of yelling. I do love that track. Thinking about it just makes me happy. Uh, that someone is a hoe. You doing hoe activities with hoe tendencies. Hoes are your friends. Hoes are your enemies. The jokes are bored, uh, and ridiculous. Um, with Luda deliver, and Luda delivers them with so much over the top bravado that he sells them anyway. Ho, tell everybody. Even the mayor reach up in the sky for the whole zone lair. <laughs> y'all, I for, y'all, I love, I love this song. Um, but yeah, the article goes on and it also talks about his ties with, um, a lot of Southern rappers. So at the same time, Southern rappers were doing huge business. Master P was moving vast numbers on no limit CDs every couple of weeks. His, which that really did happen. That was a lot. His uh, cross tour New Orleans rivals um, 
Oh, sorry. Crosstown New Orleans rivals Cash Money had similar roster, but they were suddenly even bigger. Outcasts were stars and Goody Mob and Jermaine, and Jermaine Dupree were doing well, but Atlanta hadn't yet established itself as the capital of Southern rap. Instead, indie stars with huge regional uh, fan bases were coming out of Memphis, Houston, Miami. Def Jam Records had a lot of the biggest stars at the moment, but all of them were New York rappers like Jay-Z, DMX, Ja Rule. Def Jam wanted to get in on whatever was happening with the South, but they had no idea how to do it. So they brought in somebody who did. Scarface. We love Scarface. Again, get well, Scarface. Scarface might be the single figure uh, most responsible for popularizing Southern rap. His group, the Ghetto Boys, had come out of Houston in the early 90s. Then nobody from the South expected maybe two live crew had a, except for maybe two live crew had a national uh, presence. The Ghetto Boys became towering and influent figures so vivid and intense and rightly that nobody could write them off as a fad as a solo rapper face had a preference of gravity and respect Def Jam hired Scarface to run Def Jam's soul, which was a smart decision. Scarface signed Ludacris, which was even smarter. So, all of that has happened. Um, Incognito had many different hits, especially with What's Your Fantasy, which reached number 21 on the Hot 100 Southern Hospitality, made it to 23. More to the point, those songs were everywhere, playing loud at every party and dominating every 106 and part countdown back for the first time debuted at number four and eventually sold three million copies um i definitely bought one of those three million copies for sure and i remember having my head spun around by this thing because this sound was everything at that time here is a major label rap album that didn't play around with r&b hooks or bids for radio ambiguity, sorry, I couldn't say the word. Uh, Ludacris never got serious or introspective. It was just one long series of relentlessly funny songs, bangers after banger after banger. I love that, and I still do. Um... So let's go over some of the songs. Um, the You Got Problems was track one. Uh, track two was Game Got Switch. Track three was First and Ten. And First and Ten, I think, was this song that ended up as the song that was on the Madden soundtrack. Um, then you had What's Your Fantasy with Shauna. You had um, the Come Over skit. Um, Hoodstuck, Get Off Me, which featured Pastor Troy, Mouthing Off, um, oh yeah, and then you had Stick em Up, you had the whole skit, then you had Ho, then you had, um, Tickets Sold Out, and Catch Up With, um, Infamous, the uh, 2 
and Fate Wilson, and then Southern Hospitality, and then they also uh, added What's Your Fantasy Remix with Trina Shauna and Foxy Brown, and then Fat Rabbit. Um, I love the fact that this album was a album that literally got recycled like one year later it got recycled um i think that this album is a classic 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 album um it showed that hip-hop didn't have to take itself so seriously it didn't it 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 allowed you to be like yo who is saying this and and uh the article raised a really good point though it raised a amazing fact that there was a time where there were so many hip-hop artists collabing with r&b artists which is there's nothing wrong with it i think that that genre works well and will always it has forever been married to each other uh but what i think it was just so refreshing to see a southern rapper come out be himself be original be wild be crazy um it almost gave you a la busta rhymes at that particular point especially with the visuals because it was so much and it just it, it it showed you what a hustle could be. And that's one thing about Southern rap. Like we cannot deny anything about Southern rap that they didn't hustle, you know, up North over East of West. We, we all hustle, but the South, because it was overlooked, everybody thought it was slow or like, I remember, <laughs> I remember going to school and like, I knew some, some dudes that came up from, uh, from the South or whatever. And they were like, you know, they would have on like, two years three years like they uh three years ago passed or they would be rocking trends that we don't even rock no more they were rocking in such a a different kind of way and you'd be like yo we don't even do that shit up here yo what are you doing like that's dumb wild that's dumb crazy but that's one thing about the south and atlanta especially it is the mecca of creating your own thing doing your own thing um my favorite song out of this album had to be mouth mouth it off lyrically was was a good song that one was one of my favorites of course i love what's your fantasy i primarily like the what's your fantasy remix because of the fact that uh fox was on there because that for me being an up north kid it was like oh okay i see some i think that really propelled it because it was like oh i see somebody from def jam on on this on this southern dude shit and then i love southern hospitality southern hospitality are my favorite tracks so let me know what your favorite tracks to luda's album are um you can make sure you comment on it on the kicking it with young smooth podcast page on instagram or you can do it on facebook or twitter um so those are the things uh, let's see. Is there anything else that I'm missing? No, I think that pretty much wraps up Luda for the day. Um, I, oh, one last thing. I forgot. This is the other thing that we forgot to do. Uh, sample credits. So Fat Rabbit, um, actually samples. Now I got here again. I did not know that. Oh, it actually samples. Are you that somebody? Which makes sense. Cause it's a Timbaland thing. Okay. Um, first in 10 samples, how high by method man and red man. And where did we go by, um, incognito and by incognito. Hmm. And what's your fantasy samples face down ass up by uncle Luke. So a good, a good mix on that. Okay. So, um, 
Aside from that, you know, like I said, one of my favorites, um, it, it stayed in repeat. I will definitely repeat it. I will actually probably play that shit now while I'm mixing just cause, and yes, I do usually play the music that I, I talk about on the show. Um, I usually do play that like after, um, I'm listening to it cause it, it, it takes me back. So if for anyone who, cause someone asked me that question one day, it was like, do you ever listen to the shit that you, um, that you talk about? I'm like, yeah, no, I really do. Um, but yeah, it, it stayed in my repertoire. I love Ludacris. I thank Ludacris so much, um, because I remember watching it and I, this was actually kind of before I got into it because I didn't really get into wanting to rap heavy until like 2003-ish, 2002, 2003-ish for real. And then really did it in like 2005 and then really came back to it by 2000, uh, 2012. Um, but well, I had a great run. I, I like took a business side to it at that point. Um, but Ludacris is one of those people I looked at and it was one of those moments I remember sitting down and being like, I want to do that. Like, that is the way that I want to do it. I want to do the elongated shit. I want to inflect and play with the words and move it around and all that stuff. And I was like, that is what I want to do. And that is why... Um, it's so funny. Uh, I remember re this is recently like writing. Um, so Crab pushed my pen because he made me rewrite a verse to a song that we were doing. And, um, y'all know Crab and you've also seen the Crab interview as well. Um, he's awesome and amazing, but he actually made me push my pen. And because I pushed my pen, I actually think I did something that is going to be phenomenal. You guys will love it. Um, so the, the, I say all of that to say, I am very much still that old school person. Like I don't do it on paper as much as I used to, but I would definitely come in with a notebook at one point, but I made sure like when I get ready, when I get ready to rhyme and I'm going to rhyme for somebody or I'm going to do a feature on somebody's stuff, like I make sure that I have not only one, but two verses or sometimes three, just in case like it's in the background. And then I rehearse them over and over again before we get to the studio. Like, I'm not about wasting nobody's time. Just that, they're like, oh, I got it. Nah, fuck that. Let's get in this booth. Let's bang this out. Like, I don't. I was like, I was in there for all a bit of like 20 minutes. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't even phase me. Um, but moving on, um, I hope y'all have an amazing week. I definitely do. Um, I know this is coming out l towards the latter part of the week and we'll get back onto the regularly scheduled situation, but Things have been extremely hectic. Um, and I am hoping to work out with Butter for Every Season. Um, make sure y'all check out that little unboxing drop that I did recently on the Kicking It With Young Smooth YouTube page. I really appreciate everybody so much for listening and tuning in. You guys have been awesome as always. Um, so then in addition, um, fear. False evidence appearing real. Like, I am getting tired. And I think y'all can hear it in my voice. Um, <laughs> probably because I had to yell out a Kardashian. That's why I'm tired of shit. Shit, you know I don't like them bitches. That shit drain energy. See, they are succubus. Even speaking a name make you tired. That's some bullshit. Um, but fear, false evidence appearing real. It's only real in your mind if you make it real in your mind. And, and Ludacris stopped at no point and was like, yo, I'm going to go get this. I am going to go do this. I want to rap. And I think that that is a level of determination that everybody should have in life. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
I'm thinking about doing a few other things and also adding another show into the YouTube page that maybe it's just a conversation with you, you guys. Um, and I would hope that y'all, y'all come over and, and take a look. Um, I really appreciate it. I appreciate all the love, love and support, of course. Um, now, once again, you have tuned in to another episode of Kicking It With Young Smooth. Now, don't you feel good about it? I know you do. All right. I will see y'all next week. And I'm out. Y'all ready?